The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Once again, let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars, where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share their views on all aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if that team is a team of one right now. I'm your host, Linda Patton. I am an international speaker and a best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Herding Cats comes from my journey of stepping out as a major in the military and a VP in corporate life and owning my leadership. It teaches you the 12 key steps of leadership. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I've been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military, in organizations, and most recently independently as a coach, mentor, and guide. Today, we're going to talk about getting your team in the right gear for maximum performance. And some of the questions we're going to answer are, well, why don't training and consulting fix the problem of lackluster team performance? How do outdated survival tactics sabotage performance results, especially in terms of time management, communication, and, of course, leadership? When do you know you need an intervention to calm the storm and get the team back on track to optimal performance? And I have with me a very favorite guest, Sherry Prindle. And Sherry is an excellent and spectacular coach in so many areas and she really does work to get optimal performance from teams from individuals and I couldn't have a better person here to talk about getting your team in the right gear. Sherry, welcome to the program. Thank you, Linda. It is always exciting to talk to you. You always have something big going on in the world. I love I love the fact that I feel like I've stepped into greatness just by being in your presence. Oh, Sherry, that is so sweet. Thank you. Um, Sherry, now I've known you, what, for two years now? And I've always been impressed with who you are, what you do, and the massive amount of stuff that you actually get accomplished um, at any given point in time. Could you share with the audience just a bit about who you are, the journey that you've stepped into, and the kinds of stuff that you're doing? 
So I have been a trainer and executive coach and speaker for 18 years, and I have my own life coach certification training program. It's called the Professional Coach Academy. And as I think about what I'm up to in the world, I'm really a believer that there are people with a calling, that, that a lot of jobs are not jobs. It's like a calling. And coaching is definitely one of them. And there are so many people out there working a job and they're not fulfilled because what they really want to be doing is something different. And I'm a big believer that you can make money making a difference. And so really, I've developed this community of people who are now professional speakers and coaches who are making money making a difference, totally fulfilled and using their amazing experience like the experience you have to make a difference for other people. Oh, that, I mean, that's just so much fun, Sherry. I, I know one of the things I love about you is you always have fun with what you're doing and <laughs> where you're going. And you have these amazing experiences when you're on the road. Because I know you're on the road, what, 52 weeks out of the year? Uh, almost. Not exactly <laughs> that. But yeah. Um, yeah, the fact is that when I started I, I, I graduated college, like undergraduate school, and I went to live in Japan for four years and Russia yeah. for three years. And when I came back to the United States, when I saw airplanes going above me, I was longing to be on the airplane. So I had to have a job that re- that required me to train. So for 18 years, at pretty much every week, you're right, I go to a different part of the country, a different city every day. I've just spent three weeks here in the Bay Area, two of the weeks working, and one of the weeks just playing and camping in the rain and going to wine country and swimming in the ocean and all of that. And Sherry, I think that's one of the things I love about you is that, you know, when you're in a particular area, you are in that area. So I, we were talking about you're, you're going to do the last two stops on the beard, the ale trail in Oakland. And I just think that that's just so much fun. Um, I, I know when I used to travel, I worked for an organization and traveled all over the country, all sorts of different companies, was generally in one spot for three to five days. But I remember when I was younger, it was just so much fun to go, like I was in New York, I'd go to the theater. I saw Maddie Potemkin and, um, as on, on Evita, and it was just so powerful to actually be able to go to the theater in New York and enjoy it. Um, so I, underst- I understand the thrill around that. So, Sherry, with all that you do and everywhere that you go, you know, we're talking about storms and weathering storms in, in this uh, episode. I'm, I'm curious, what kinds of storms, besides the actual rainstorms, do you mm-hmm. see in your life, in the travels, in the types of programs that you do and that kind of thing? Well, as I was thinking about kind of a career storm that I, I feel like maybe your listeners can relate to, mm-hmm. I was naively putting all my eggs in one basket very early in my career. So I started doing training and speaking, and that's typically uh, an industry where you're an independent contractor, and then there are these brokers that kind of broker the the, the gigs for you. Mm-hmm. And the, I had put all my eggs in one basket. I had a particular broker that was booking me like whoops, that was noisy. Uh, I had one particular broker that was booking me like crazy. So I was fine. I had a full schedule. And then that particular organization out of nowhere filed bankruptcy. 
So I found myself with absolutely zero speaking gigs and I still had all my same, you know, bills and everything. So uh, during that time, there was a six month period where that organization came back. But during that six month period, I had to scramble and find some of my own clients and contract with some other brokers. And now I'm just a big believer in never putting all your eggs in one basket, which is great because then I started my coach certification training school. Now I contract with three different brokers and now I have a ton of my own clients. That's amazing. And you do actual corporate work as well. So you're in corporations doing some of the training? Yes, absolutely. And that thing of being able to call up corporations and have a conversation with them, they're just regular people. They're looking for a solution to their problem. If you're not all kinds of hypey like these salespeople are where you're trying to trick them, if you mm-hmm. genuinely have a, a product or service that could benefit them and you want to share that with them, they're absolutely open to that. And I would have never explored that had the storm not happened. That's very interesting. Now, does Sherry... Um, you're also stepping out into your own brand, SherryPrindle.com, right? Right. So my last name is Prindle, P-R-I-N-D-L-E. And I remember as a little kid looking at the automatic transmission of the car and it says P-R-N-D-L. And I remember looking at that and saying, Daddy, that's our last name. <laughs> And isn't it funny how you go through, like, like, like you know, you, you go looking for something outside of yourself and it was there all along. I had been trying to figure out how to brand myself for the longest time. And then it was like, why wouldn't I just brand myself based on my last name, Prindle, and the whole idea of shifting gears? Because if you look at what I do as a trainer and coach, that's what I do is I help people make those shifts, right? Mm-hmm. So, Sherry, you call yourself a performance transmission specialist. What does that mean? <laughs> so when you think about the transmission in a car, then if you know if if you if you stay in park, you're not going to get anywhere. But you know, staying in drive is not the way to do it either. Sometimes you have to back up. Sometimes you have to go to neutral. Sometimes you have to go into low gear. Like I always say, I love those roads, like the road to Hana on Maui, or I love this road going from like. Oregon down here into Northern California through the Cascades, those oh. roads where you, do, you, do you like those or, or do you hate those, Linda? I mean, some people don't like that at all. I, I love the road coming down from Oregon uh, through the Cascades and through the Siskiyous and all that. I love that mm-hmm. one. I did not like the road to Hana. Um, I, it's very interesting, you know, when you set your, your subconscious that we've got three miles left. Okay, we've got two miles left. We've got one mile left. And then the road, the road lies to you. And there's still more road. And my stomach basically went, no, you told me we'd be done in in a mile. I'm done now. So it was stop the car, get out, throw up, get back in the car and finish the ride. But I just just thought it was interesting how my subconscious mind allowed me to get up and it allowed me to get back. But it was definitely to this point, not beyond. Um, So, yeah, I I decided that the road to Hana was not my favorite place to to drive, but I do like the Siskiyous and the Cascades. Okay. Yeah. So so there's a couple of things from there. First of all, you know, a mile takes a half an hour on the road to Hana. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I like roads like that is because you have to be so conscious. You have to be completely present. You have to be entirely focused. The entirety of your being has to be right there on that trip. And it can be very exhausting, but very exhilarating at the same time. And I always say, I like those roads because you get to use all your gears because we can go through life and just flip it on autopilot. So in answer to your original question about this idea of being a performance 
you know, transmission specialist. The fact is that organizations and individuals seem to think that the way to improve performance is to learn something new. And that's important. But learning something new constitutes knowing better. And knowing better and doing better are two completely different things. Just because the car has a bunch of gears, you still have to shift into the right gear at the right time to get the performance that you need out of the car. And the fact is, you and I were talking about your military experience, right? So you get somebody who's come in out of the military and they're totally accustomed to this whole idea of being able to put it into drive and have everything work because the way the military is put together is it's a well-oiled machine. And if you tell somebody do this, they just do it. And then all of a sudden you go into corporate America as this military leader. And now all of a sudden you have to stop and put it in neutral and make sure the other person's okay and put it in reverse and make sure they understand your instructions before you put it back in drive. Sometimes you have to go into low gear when you're ready to go into high gear. So it's not the knowing better part. They know what they need to do. But the fact is they have a tendency to go on autopilot and we have a tendency to kind of go through our lives in the same way, the way we did it yesterday and the day before. And so when employees don't perform, it's usually not a lack of knowing better. It's a lack of being able to translate or trans transmit the whole knowing better message into a doing better message. Oh, that's that's awesome. I know we were talking this morning about the fact that I can't, you know, I came out of the military as a major, and one of the things that you know sort of was on autopilot is that you walk into a room, everybody stands up, unless there's somebody who outranks you. But as long as you're the senior woman in the room, everyone stands up, and you get used to that. You get used to I say it, you do it, and not even really thinking about. Um, you know, like what communication style are they? You know, do I have to be more um, people oriented? Do I have to have more detail? You know, it, it. You're right. It is on autopilot. You're in drive and you're just going, and you're hoping that everybody else is following behind you. So I, I think that's that's a really key piece that I want you to hear, audience, is the fact that it's not knowing better, but it's how do you tr- do it better? How do you transmit all of that and make it? in such a way that your team is fully functioning. And that brings up the question that I asked to begin with, which was why don't training and consulting fix the problems of lackluster team performance? You would think that it would, right? Again, that's that knowing, right? Yes. So first of all, Linda, it is my understanding that as soon as your radio show starts, the listeners do stand up. Just just wanted to let you know. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so the the I the fact is that training and consulting are fully focused on the knowing better. It's like most people function in the world as if knowing better equals doing better. Mm-hmm. So uh, so the that like it it doesn't even occur to people who create training that they need to put in a, a, a component that translates knowing into doing. Think about how you do this, how like a boss will call an employee in and have a conversation, a one-on-one, and the employee will say, oh, I understand. I'll never do that again. And then the employee goes right back out and does it again. Why? Because the conversation was a conscious conversation. So now the conscious mind understands it, but we're unconscious 80 to 90% of the time, kind of like the iceberg under the water. And training is fully designed to, to increase knowing better. That's what training is for. The problem is that organizations bring in training as if that 
that's it. And what what has to happen is after the training is over, there needs to be reinforcement. So if I'm in a, if I'm a leader and I call an employee in or, or a, a person in my downline and we have this conversation and the person says, I understand, then great. After that, now the question becomes, all right, so what are the specific actions we're going to take and when are you going to check back in with me? Because the part about doing better, we, we, we get into doing better through practice and repetition. In the military, they understand that. They understand that you teach them what to do and then you drill it, drill it, drill it until they do it automatically. Uh, that's why a lot of organizations are supplementing training with coaching now, recognizing that we do the training first to create the knowing better. And then we follow up with the coaching to create the practice and repetition, the accountability and structure, because it's accountability and structure and practice repetition that turn knowing better into doing better. Yeah, I think that's so very, very true. It's uh, in, in the training programs that I used to do, it, it started out with the what, why, how, then there was an example, but then we sat down and actually did application. We actually had them working on their own problems, their own decisions, their own projects, so that they walked out knowing um, how to translate what we trained them in into what they're actually working on. And then we had some coaching uh, in there as well, which was really, really great in helping them to do better and not to fall back on what was habit. And as you said, autopilot. So one last quick question before we, we take a quick break. And Sherry, so what's your purpose now? I very strongly feel that my purpose is helping amazing, intelligent people who have skills and passion to basically make money making a difference. Like my purpose, all my life, and you know your purpose because all your life people have come to you for this. People mm-hmm. have said, what should I do? What should I be when I grow up? What what kind of career could I have? And I've always been the one that could listen to somebody and be like, oh, let me tell you what you could do. I always have like an idea for them to be able to build a business from who they are. Okay. And so that I know works with your coaching academy, right? Yes. That's exactly because people are coaching it. Think about all the people that you're coaching uh, and you're doing it for free. That's you're coaching people and you're doing it for free. Why Mm -hmm. not get paid for it? And I think that that's a brilliant idea, Sherry. I I wish more people actually took advantage of the fact that you do this for nothing. Um, Some of my reluctant leaders have that very same structure. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from our break. See you in a minute. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. We're back with the Performance Transmission Specialist, Sherry Brindle, who's also a very dear friend of mine and who I'm just having a time talking about how to get your team into the right gear so they actually perform outstandingly. And we sort of ended with, uh, you know, knowing your purpose, but we prior to that we talked about um, how do you move from just doing to knowing and how how much of a challenge that is when you you're the uh, the the individual coming in to give a training program that's supposed to change the world and nothing happens and the and so the organization that you're working with is really sort of peeved but what do they do they go out and they hire somebody else to do exactly the same thing so uh, part of I guess what I would be curious about Sherry is how have you been able to sort of break that cycle where they're doing training program after training program after training program, or have you been able to break that cycle? (laughs) That's a great question. So sometimes the way the structure is set up is counterproductive to what app actually works. Mm -hmm. Haven't you all been in a situation? um, I know you've worked with multi-level marketers or direct marketing where like, it's almost seems like the system is set up such that you can't not succeed. You can't succeed in the way you'd like to, right? Exactly. Um, (laughs) So, uh, same way here with uh, traditionally, um, organizations have only had a paradigm or only had a frame of reference to, uh, okay, I can either have one-on-one conversations between bosses and employees. I can do training programs. I can do, and like, those are the only two things for the longest time that they even had, right? Right. Oh, we'll have, and then we'll have a meeting. So, one-on-one, a meeting, a training program. Those, that was their only frame of reference. Unfortunately, all three of those will train the conscious mind when we're actually unconscious 85 to 90 percent of the time and that most issues are not an issue with knowing better they're an issue with doing better knowing better is a good first step mm-hmm. so uh, we mostly naively go through life somehow assuming that just because they know better they're going to do better when we don't do better just because we know better but we judge ourselves based on our intentions and we judge others based on their actions So the way I have managed to transcend that in the places that I have is that Mm -hmm. number one, inside the training itself, I do something very similar to what you said in the military. Uh, I begin the training by helping them understand, first of all, the conscious and unconscious. Most people don't even realize they're unconscious 80 to 90% of the time. That the largest part of the brain, the limbic system, has has you doing things without thinking, without things that you do automatically. Like you don't have to think about driving. Your body does that automatically for you. 
You don't have to think about getting ready in the morning. That's happening automatically. And you flip it on autopilot for a huge percentage of your day. So most people aren't even aware of that. So when they, well, if I first make them aware of how, how, how they're unconscious most of the time. And I call that the autopilot because of the whole idea of shifting and that, that, yeah. that being my brand, right? Right. So they're on, they're on autopilot all this time. And the fact is that you don't have to do it that way, but you have to be conscious in order to shift gears. But the problem is if you're conscious all the time, you'll get exhausted because we can only be conscious. Like for I, I've read lots of studies, like a maximum of 50 minutes at a time for a maximum of three times a day. And you're exhausted if you're conscious that much. Mm -hmm. So you have to be conscious to shift gears. But in the long run, you have to just actually retrain the autopilot to do it the new way. So in my training, I do it very similar to what you talked about in the military. I make them aware of the conscious and unconscious. And in everything that I train people on, I actually give them the four parts. Um, It's F-I-R-E, like fire up your engine. Um, F is the red flag. I have to actually give them how is it that you can catch yourself when you're unconscious. Like, for example, that military person who's being too direct. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't realize they're being too direct. So I help them. Let's find a red flag. Let's make it so that when you're out there in the world unconsciously being too direct, how do you catch yourself? What's the flag that wakes you up and makes you conscious? So the F in fire is a flag to wake you up and make you conscious. Then I interrupt the pattern. You have to have some quick little thing that you say or do to interrupt the pattern. Um, like with the person that who's being too direct, uh, then they, they might say to themselves, uh, you know, steamroller or tank like they have a little (laughs) like a vision that they create for themselves to help them see it like interrupt the pattern and see Mm -hmm. something that's compelling and then the r is you know redirect how do i how do i redirect my action so that means that you have to have a target action that you've planned in advance that you redirect your action and then e is engage you got to get busy in the new activity because if you stay in your head you're going to talk yourself back into a self-righteous sense of i don't need to change this old way i was doing it was just fine. So F-I-R-E. So within the training, the flag to make you awake, the uh, the interrupt, the pattern, uh, the redirect and engage. So I do that in the training. Plus, I encourage that training that's not followed up by coaching and one-on-ones and meetings. Uh, with that, like, so creating a structure, like after the training is over, what are the specific action steps? Let's create a structure and then some kind of accountability to hold you accountable for following through. And without structure and accountability, we go back to our old habit patterns. Absolutely. And and if you're not getting the support from your senior management as well, I, I always love when, you know, you send the entire team to training, but the manager doesn't go or the leader doesn't go. And so he or she doesn't have a clue what you taught them and, and in essence, what they're doing. And so they come back and they, and the, the first thing the manager says is, uh, go back to what you were doing before it was working. And I just think that that's such a, a waste of their time, their energy, and all the stuff that you could get out of that training in changing that knowing to doing. Um, Sherry, just to know, I used to work with a system called TFAR, which mm-hmm. had to do with your thoughts trigger uh, feelings, which trigger actions, and then from that you get results. And if you're not getting the results that you're looking for, most people go back to the actions and say, well, if I just do it differently, I'll get a different result. And so they do it differently, and they get the same result. And it's like, well, what am I doing wrong? Well, you're dealing with the outside as opposed to the inside. And so you have to change the thoughts 
to change the feelings in order to get the actions, the appropriate actions to what you want to get the results. So sort of the same kind of thing with um, FIRE, and I like that. I like that acronym. That works really, really well. And you're right. If they don't deal with the unconscious, they'll always drop back into what's safe and what's comfortable. Um, and and I don't know about you, have you ever gone past your exit because you were unconscious and right. you were on autopilot, you know? Yeah. Well, and safe and comfortable is an interesting thing because the unconscious part of the brain, it, it doesn't have the ability to do any any thinking. Like the, the, un- the unconscious mm-hmm. limbic system cannot do critical thinking. Right. So the unconscious has no way of knowing what is truly safe and what is dangerous. All that part of your brain knows, all the autopilot knows is you're alive right now, which means <laughs> nothing you've done so far has killed you. So the easiest way to keep you safe is to keep you the same. So when you talk about comfort, like if you've ever felt like there is an internal saboteur that does not want you to accomplish your goals, that when you're sitting down, it's trying to talk you out of getting your goals accomplished. Mm -hmm. You're right. There is one because that part of your brain thinks it's dangerous for you to accomplish what you want to accomplish because that would cause change and different is dangerous. Well, and and also the, the unconscious tries to keep the conscious, the exterior world, the same and so it will do everything it can to make sure that whatever picture you have, that outside will look exactly like inside, which is why it works so well with um, visioning. And we, I talked mm-hmm. about this a while ago. Um, getting all five senses involved in it gets the unconscious involved, the reticular activating system involved. And it begins to look for those things so that it can make the outside look like the inside. Yeah, it's called um, cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. When the outside world and the inside world don't match, then the inside world tries to get you to change the outside world. But when you don't change the outside, I'm sorry, oh yeah, you say, I, uh, what is it? I'm enjoying my view from my house in Maui and you're actually not in Maui and your brain's like, stop saying that, stop saying that. But (laughs) But you don't stop saying that, then it rallies with you to try and change your external world to match the internal. Yeah, beautiful. Exactly. Oh, that's so powerful. So one of the things you talked about on, uh, in, a, in a previous conversation was uh, about outdated survival tactics and how they sabotage performance results, especially in regards to time management, communication, and uh, my favorite topic, leadership. So is this what we've been talking about or is there something else to delve into around that? Well, I mean, when we talk about out, outdated survival tactics, then partly, yes, what we've talked about with regard to uh, what is safe is what is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what w- what we haven't talked about is the fact that the world keeps changing and yet generation after generation, you know, we observe our parents and our previous leaders and they observe their previous ones. And that's how the unconscious get pr- gets programmed. Most of how we are uh, is programmed into us by the time we're six years old, which means that most of how I am, I didn't get to have any say so in. So when I think about outdated, it, it, could, it could be outdated in terms of the way we interact with the world, like outdated, um, male gender roles, outdated race roles, outdated position roles, outdated um, economic roles in society. That's a perfect example of how unconsciously we're still functioning in a way that doesn't serve the way the world is now. But there's also this idea that if most of how I am got programmed into me by the time I was six years old, does it make sense that I might be handling adult situations the way a five-year-old would? (laughs) Altogether possible. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting is that 
Uh, it's almost like when we're kids, we have a video camera on our shoulder. And we videotape our parents and other adults and that kind of thing as to how we should act when we're at that age. So if they're not acting like adults, uh, we're definitely not going to. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But I, yeah, but I think it was interesting. Um, my husband lost his father when he was 17. And when our girls turned, were going to turn 17, I watched my husband begin to distance himself from them. And I thought, okay, you know, he's, he's planning on the fact that we're going to empty nest in about a year or so. And, you know, he wants, he doesn't want the emotional pain of, you know, in essence, losing both girls and, and sending them off. And both of them went to the East coast as far away from us as they could. Uh, and then I realized that he had no video after age 17 as to how a father acts when a child goes off to college. He had his mother's view, but he didn't have his dad's view. And so rather than do something wrong, he just disengaged, which I thought was very interesting. What what would you say about that? Absolutely. I think that was a, a perfectly true analysis as to what was happening. And I relate it to things like, especially women can relate to like situations where you don't know what to do, but you feel like crying. Mm-hmm. So what I've discovered a lot of the time when you're in a situation where you don't know what to do, but you feel like crying. It, similarly, it's a situation where you don't have any video, you don't have any anything to draw on. And men, when they don't have any video, they withdraw and become sort of blank. But women, when they don't have any video, they tend to cry. Um, and so like, think about the fact that maybe I have a situation that remind that relates to something that I that happened to me as a very young child, and I still haven't figured. I don't. I still don't have anything on how to do better with that. Then I might cry because that was my response when I was three, and that's the only response I know how to have. Mm-hmm. So I call it updating adult, like updating ad, uh, updating your internal dialogue or your internal thinking, updating, upgrading it to an adult way of thinking, upgrading it to an adult way of looking at it. So you have to stop now and you don't have anything in your unconscious footage. So now it's like, okay, so now I have to consciously choose a new adult way of handling situations like this because I don't have anything to draw on. And one of the ways that you know that you're in that position where you have to stop and create something is when you go blank or when you feel like crying. Yeah, that's that's so very very interesting, and uh, you know it's like how how then how do you determine what is the adult way of handling something if if you've never handled it before? Um, how do you ingrain that into your un- unconscious? I know um, oftentimes we ask our siblings. I don't have any, but I've heard that this is true. You ask your siblings, do you remember a time when blah, 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 blah happened? And they go, oh, no, 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 it didn't happen that way. It happened this way. No, no, you you both are wrong. This is how it happened. So the unconscious isn't always the best place to um, learn how to handle that kind of stuff. So where do you learn those adult roles? Like that's what's beautiful about then training and consulting and all of these things. That's where training, you know, that's where these books that we write and these training programs that we do, that's where they come in handy. So first of all, people don't realize that they are in in a place where they don't have anything to draw on. So now I hope those of you listening to this conversation know that when you find yourself withdrawing, when you find yourself wanting to cry, what if you recognize now that's your F, that's your flag to make you aware, oh, 
I don't have any footage. I don't have any, any, any files to look into in my own mind as to how to handle this. That's when you look to the external world and you say, okay, what, let me look at my books over here. Let me pull out a book. Let me think of someone who's a mentor to me that seems to really know how to do things like this. Let me have a conversation and say, here's where I find myself. I'm not sure how to respond. What are some options? And you start Mm -hmm. looking at your options. I mean, in NLP, Neural Linguistic Programming, they say all processes should be designed to increase choice. So we're talking right now about situations where you have no options, that you're kind of stuck in a pre-linguistic cry or withdraw state. But in any situation where whatever you're doing isn't working, it just means that the only footage you have, I like the way you phrase that, it means that the only um, reference point you have to be able to refer to is, um, is this one reaction. So when I was a kid, I learned how to tantrum. And for the longest time, when I, when I didn't get my way, I'm an only child too, uh, then I would just tantrum. And, and knowing that tantruming didn't work for me, recognize that every time I looked for what are my options, the only option I could see was tantruming. So that's where I had to look into the external world and realize, okay, if what I'm doing isn't working, then I need to stop and say, let me become conscious and look at what options are. Let me increase my choices. Right now I have one choice, tantrum. What other choices do I have? And I start asking other people, what do you do? I read books, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, instead of tantruming, I could do A, B, or C. Let me pick which one I want to do, B. Okay, how am I going to remind myself to do B? Because I default to the tantrum. Okay, how am I going to get that reinforced? And that's usually where you have to ask a buddy, can you help remind me? Where you have to put up post-it notes to remind yourself so that through practice and repetition, that new choice becomes a, an unconscious choice. I think that's so powerful, Sherry. And and for my uh, women who are often reluctant, I think this could be really powerful. And the fact that, you know, to, what's the trigger when somebody asks you to take on a leadership position? They ask you to run the, the bazaar or the cookie drive or the... Um, the Christmas wrap drive or the seized candy drive or whatever. And you go, no, 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 no. I don't know how to do that. I would be a terrible leader. I, but having choices and having learned choices, either through a program like the art of hurting cats or, you know, whatever it might be to learn new um, responses to that could be extremely powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the biggest issues that we struggle with, Linda, in offering these programs yeah. is that people aren't aware that they need them because when they mm. come to this this spot, they tend to default to whatever reaction they have. And a lot of times they don't realize their reaction isn't working. So becoming aware, okay, what I'm doing now isn't working. And when that's the case, I need to seek out Linda Patton. Fantastic. Thank you so very much. Um, and on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back with this lively discussion and we'll see you in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm having this just really fantastic conversation with Sherry Prindle. And we've been talking all around the this unconscious, the subconscious, the conscious, how to how to move from knowing to doing. And I have one more question to follow on to that, Sherry. Um, you know that you need an intervention to calm the storm and get the team back on track for optimal performance. How do you know that? And how do you do it? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that, of course, while you're unconscious, you can't do any kind of self-monitoring. So when we're unconscious, we're unconscious. And so there's no part of us when we're unconscious that thinks, oh, I need training or I need learning or I need to change. So that is why we have performance standards. That's why in your direct marketing programs, you have certain quotas or in sales programs, you have quotas. Uh, in the in the, in the the business world, we have things called KPIs, which are your yeah. key Key performance indicators, right? Whatever industry you're in, you might not call them KPIs, but you have key performance indicators. And the purpose of having a KPI, a key performance indicator, is to have a measuring stick against which to measure your performance. And the only way that you know it's time to do an intervention and make a change is by performance. So it's called calibrate based on your performance. It's easy to rationalize and explain away why you didn't meet your KPIs. But the fact is, if you're getting a performance review that is less than stellar, if you're not meeting your performance indicators, if people aren't responding to you in the way you need them to or expect them to, then something needs to change in terms of your behavior and you're not aware of it because you're unconscious. So that's how. There has to be some kind of an external measuring stick and when you're not meeting those measures that means that whatever choices you're making aren't working and number one you need to bring in the training or the consulting to help you know better and get newer choices and then number two you need to follow that up with structure and accountability to retrain the unconscious mind for that to be the new way that you behave and you'll know that it's working because you're meeting your performance indicators again. So, Sherry, it, it is like a car where, um, you know, you listen to the car and it sounds like a sewing machine and you know that there's something wrong and that you need to do something. Or recently, I was having some interesting challenges with my um, my skid protector on my car as well as the brakes. And I'm going, okay, are these two linked? You know, kind of what's going on here? But I'm definitely not getting optimal performance. So, that's when, you you know, you take it in to the shop to be diagnosed and then to figure out, well, what do I need to do to be able to get that, that optimal performance, right? 
Absolutely, and the whole the, and what makes it even easier is the check engine light now. Yeah. So the so the problem with being an entrepreneur is that a lot of times we don't create these key performance indicators. Right. We rely on being able to hear the funny sound in the engine or feel the weird <laughs> play in the steering wheel, and a lot of times that's not very effective. When you have performance standards, when you mm-hmm. create a structure, then that allows you to just have a check engine light that pops on and makes it a lot easier for you to know to take it in, and then you can you can catch the problem sooner right absolutely and so you're you're actually looking at you know what what are the goals how am i moving towards um my vision um am i hitting my money goals am i hitting the the fives or tens that i want from the clients as far as uh their experience with me you know that that kind of thing and if if you're not hitting whatever those key performance indicators might be and in an entrepreneur an entrepreneur may have some challenges in figuring out what those are. So needless to say, I have a great coach um, like you um, could probably help the entrepreneur to find just what are the KPIs for my business and what I'm doing, right? And yes, and um, the other piece of it is when you, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you will start coming up with excuses for not meeting your KPIs. You know, (laughs) it's the economic situation in the world today. It's that no, 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 no. That when you're in in an organization, then your bosses will will typically not let you buy into your excuses. But when you're an entrepreneur, then you'll buy into your excuses. And the problem is, you know, you've got excuses and you've got results. Which one are you going to work? on. Exactly. And this is where it's a great time to have an accountability partner or or someone who is tracking with you who will not brook any excuses and is looking only at the results and asking you why not and what are you going to do and how are you going to make this happen? I think that's really key. We, we tend to silo as entrepreneurs and become very insular and, and so you're right, we, we can get into our excuses as opposed to the results. But if we have that partner um, who won't, who will hold our feet to the fire if we're not accomplishing what we said we were, I think can be a really strong part to that. Do you agree? Absolutely. So I'm even looking at, that's why there are so many modalities, right? So mm-hmm. I would say a consultant type person is the one who's going to help you figure out what should your KPIs be? What should your standards be? A coach or an accountability partner is the one that's going to hold you accountable, help you break through a lot of your barriers and your excuses. Uh, books and training are going to help you look at new choices, things that you can do differently uh, to get for, to get different results. So it really is absolutely a combination and that's when you ask me what I do differently. It's the fact that that combination of options is, a, I think, a, like a, a perfect cocktail to mix it all together and make it work. Okay, sounds great. And I love the idea of a cocktail. It's too early in the morning to do that. Uh, <laughs> so, Sherry, uh, speaking of books and, and things for people to um, read or, or experience, you have a new book out, right? I do. Um, it's kind of the book that happened uh, that fell into my lap. Um, do I just tell? Do, do, should I just say about it oh, now? Yeah, um, please do. So it's called Why Women Buy, and I am by default a marketing expert. Although everything that you read about me on SherryPrindle.com, everything we've talked about, doesn't make it sound like I'm a marketing expert. It makes <laughs> it sound like I'm, you know, I'm a training and coaching expert. But remember what my my purpose is. I've really discovered that my passion and my purpose is helping people make money, making a difference. So I train people to become professional speakers and coaches and make a living doing those things. And a huge part of that is marketing. So I've always helped then these speakers and these coaches 
figure out their brand, like me and my Prindle brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always helped them put together their marketing system and their process. Remember, people have always come to me with, uh, what do I want to be when I grow up and how do I do that? So this whole idea of marketing and now even in corporate America, more and more people are encouraged to create their own brand within the organization for their own purposes of moving up and getting promotions. So that just comes so naturally to me that I never even thought of myself as a marketing expert. But yeah, I'm like so like that was something I didn't have to train in. I just knew mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's not to say I haven't done training in it. Um, so a colleague of mine, Dawn Jones, had written a book about sales, and uh, she wanted me to help her turn it into a book on how to market to women. And when we talk about old, outdated um, behavioral mechanisms, uh, women tend to shop because in old, old, old days, it was the woman's job to store up provisions for winter. You know, so now we don't have to store up provisions for winter, so we buy shoes. Um, <laughs> and purses. Yeah, but um, it's it's a book on how to market to women, and it is based very much on what we're talking about right now, the personality, the subconscious, all of that. Okay, so this purpose, to help people make money doing what they love, how does that help people to get back on course when they have a storm event? Absolutely. So, we know, we're talking about weathering the storm, and when mm-hmm. Linda told me that that was the topic, I thought the most important tool for you to be able to have to weather the storms of life and the changes and the things that happen is to have a real sense of your purpose. Purpose transcends everything we've been talking about with regard to conscious and unconscious because your purpose is innate. It is inside of you. It is a part of unconscious. But if you become conscious of your purpose, it becomes your GPS, your satellite to help you navigate your life so that when you're stuck and you're like, oh, no, I don't know what decision to make or, oh, no, I'm having an issue with my with my finances. I'm having trouble with my job. And you wonder, what should I do? Remember, a lot of times you don't know, you don't have any, you don't know what your choices are. You have to go back and read a book or, or consult with somebody. But in the end, after you've consulted with people, you've read your books, you've done your training, and you have to make your final choice. When you take a look at asking yourself, what is my purpose? That's going to be your compass to help you figure out what direction to go. So for me, every time I think about all the things I could do with my business, I've had lots of people to come in and say, you should get certified in this healing modality or (laughs) you should join my network marketing group. And I, I consider all those opportunities, but I always ask myself, is that moving me closer to my purpose or is that sort of tangential to my purpose and therefore going to take my energy away from my purpose? So I always ask myself, how does this relate to helping people find their innate purpose and make money making a difference? And if it relates directly to that, it's a go. And if it really takes my energies away from that, then it's a no. So Sherry, there are there are people who say, you know, I have no idea what my purpose is. I, you know, it's it's buried deep somewhere and I have no idea how to bring it out. And then if I do bring it out, how do I know that it's really my purpose and it's not just what I thought it might be? So how do people get really clear about what their purpose is? How do they pull that out of the unconscious? Yes. And there's even another group of people who says, I don't believe that there is such a thing as a purpose. I believe that oh, we yeah. just come and we live and then we die. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, regardless, uh, regardless of how you look at it, 
perhaps the purpose really is just something that got planted into your subconscious when you were a kid. Perhaps your purpose is connected to something deep and spiritual. But in any case, what we've discovered is that all of us tend to have something that, number one, everyone has always come to you for. How many people? people own a business that's completely different from the thing that people come to them for. Uh, you know, I've met people who they own a business where they sell, you know, um, they sell knickknacks and bric-a-brac, but everyone's coming into the place and asking them, can you help me with my, can you help me write this, this, this mm-hmm. thing that I need to write? And it's like, okay, then you're selling this, 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 these curios, but actually your gift is in crafting a message or something. So uh, number one, what if people always come to you for and could you make a business out of that? Number two, I believe that you can find your purpose in your pain. That usually whatever it is that you went through in life that was painful, your storm, so to speak, Mm -hmm. in weathering your storm, you gained a strength, something that you do that no one else can do. And probably having come through that, you have a strong conviction to help other people avoid that pain. And that's a beautiful place to find your purpose. What are you longing? What message are you longing to tell people? What are you longing to help people not have to go through? because you went through it. So Sherry, this sounds like uh, doing some wounds work. You know, what were the things that wounded you when you were a child and that kind of thing? I know I was, quote, abandoned um, in children's hospital after having my tonsils removed and was stuck in a burn ward instead of being in the private room my parents uh, said I would be in. And so I woke up to these very wizened children who had, you know, anyways, it was it was horrendous. So I find that I'm, I oftentimes can be a disappearing disappointment. So I found my passion and my purpose out of that in helping women to step out and to be there in leadership, especially in network marketing. Um, as well as corporate and, and coming out of the military. So I, I resonate with what you're saying as far as um, all that's concerned. But let's drift over to your free gift that you're offering that is also based on your purpose and what comes out of pain, right? It's exactly what you just said. So the fact is, it's fairly easy to get a real glimpse of your purpose through that childhood wound. So Mm -hmm. I am offering a very well-tested worksheet. It's quick. It's life-changing. If you go through the worksheet, it will help you explore your childhood wound. And much like Linda has, recognize that there were probably some poignant turning points in your life that resulted in your being convicted of something very important. And if you make your business out of that, it's a long-standing brand. So I'm going to actually give you that exercise that allows you to do exactly what Linda talked about, explore your wound and find your purpose in that. And it, it's a phenomenal piece to work on. Uh, I know it really brought some um, things up that I hadn't thought about in a long time. You know, you hide that wound. It definitely goes into your unconscious and gets hidden. But it does trigger things and, and activities and, and behaviors and how you do things. Um, you know, I, I talked for a long time about the fact that I was a reluctant leader. I hid behind the curtain. And all of that came out of the wounds work that I have done. So I think this this whole purpose piece is very important for every one of you in the audience to um, uncover and discover what your purpose actually is. So in the last minute, Sherry, do you have one quick tip to give the audience? 
if you find yourself explaining why something happened in the same way over and over again, so you, you find yourself saying, oh, well, you know what? Nobody cares about me. I just have to do it myself. Nobody cares about me. I just have to do it myself. Start noticing yourself using the exact same reason to explain things. And that right there is going to give you a clue as to a childhood wound that might be sabotaging you. Terrific. And if you have any questions or you want to see how to dig deeper into this topic as well as the art of hurting cats, check out the website at www.daredodreamwithlinda.com or send me an email at linda at dare, again, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Until next time, be courageous and dare to lead. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.